Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show. Not an especially exciting series for your Colorado Rockies in Seattle, where they get swept by the Mariners and fall to a record of 5-11 and on the season. A couple of good things to pull out of this, surprisingly enough, but a lot of more of the same type of bad that we have seen throughout the season, right? So without any further ado, it is time for your ups and your downs. Since we got big downs and it's going to be a struggle to focus on some of the positives, let's start with the downs. And of course, I have to begin with Austin Gomber, who is once again very, very rough on the mound. Goes 3.2 innings pitched, gives up five earned runs, walks four only strikes out two and gives up another home run, meaning that Austin Gomber has given up at least one home run in each of the starts that he has made so far this year. I've mentioned before that this has been his issue. It's been his issue uh, when he was good. It's been his issue as he's, when he's been bad. Uh, it was an issue for him throughout spring training. He gives up the home run ball. And what was especially frustrating in this particular outing is, of course, those four walks. It's one thing to get hit hard sometimes. It's one thing to be prone to the mistake pitch. But one of the most promising things about Gomber's profile since uh, the Rockies acquired him, when a lot of people weren't that interested in looking at Gomber's profile and were too busy being you know, upset about the trade in general, which is totally understandable. But when you looked at what Gomber was successful at through the minor leagues and through his bit of experience in the majors with St. Louis, was that he didn't walk guys, right? He was really, really stingy about giving away free passes, and it was hard to string a bunch of hits together against him. So the home run prone thing was like, hey, you know, if guys are going to hit a solo home run against him every game, you'll kind of take that, right? If that's all the damage that they're going to do. The problem has been for the last year now, uh, coming into this season as well, is all the other base runners that he's giving up throughout. He, his pitches are falling flat. They're finding too much of the middle of the zone. He's not commanding the four-pitch mix to the edges, and he doesn't have the stuff, right, the overwhelming velocity or or spin rate or movement on his pitches that he can get outs even when he makes a mistake, right, even when he is not living on the edges, as it were. And so... That's been the issue, right? When an individual at bats, when he does manage to pitch to the edge of the strike zone, his stuff plays very well. Uh, And so he just has to be a pinpoint command guy. And right now he's not. And so he's getting hit very, very hard. And, you know, yeah, if he can't get it together, that's just going to be how it goes. There are lots of little things uh, the guys like this can do to to work on their mechanics, to work on getting uh, that accuracy up, uh, because that ultimately is the game for him. That's what it comes down to. Uh, this other stuff, uh, you know, we've talked before about, is it pitch selection? Is it what he's choosing to throw? No, 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 he's not hitting his spots. You have got to hit your spots before any of the rest of that stuff can matter. And he's just having too many pitches back up on him, um, flail arm side on his breaking balls, uh, running back over the middle of the plate on his fastballs, catching too much up in the zone, you know, missing up in the zone. It's one thing to pitch up in the zone purposefully if you've got some intent there and you're trying to keep guys off of the stuff down around the knees. 
but most of Gomber's pitches that have been up in the zone, uh, especially uh, certainly the ones that have gotten hit, have been mistake pitches, right? So it really is just a story of command and control right now for Gomber, and he doesn't have it. And <laughs> until he does, it's going to continue to be pretty ugly outings like this. Let's give you, uh, actually, you know what, let's just do the three downs and so I can do my best after a, a series where they just got pretty well pummeled to give you, to end on a on a bright note, right? I'll do the three downs and then I'll do the three ups. I haven't done it quite like this before, but because it's basically the same thing, a few differences in the Ryan Feltner outing, but that is your second down for this series. Now they went the same number of innings and earned runs, 3.2 innings pitched, five earned runs for both Gomber and Feltner, and it seems like that's just kind of what they're giving you right now. I'm going to be very curious to, uh, you know, to go back at the end of the season and take a look at innings like four, five, and six. I'm going to guess that that's where the Rockies are going to lose the vast majority of their games, right? Because we've seen that even with Gomber and Feltner and in that one game against St. Louis with Urania, right? Like they can come out and compete for those first couple of innings if they're if they've got some of their better stuff that day. Or just through some of the talent that they do have. Feltner's got some great stuff. It's, it's a little bit different from what I was saying with Gomber. Where Feltner does have enough velocity and enough movement on... Well, velocity on the fastball, movement on the slider. That he can get away with more mistakes than Gomber does. Unfortunately for him, he makes quite a few more mistakes. And, and really seems to fall apart the deeper he gets into games and, and seems to have a limited number of ways to figure out how to get guys out. Now, he walked three as opposed to four, but still that's when you're giving away free passes and, and you don't have that kind of overwhelming ability to come back and get the strikeout, that's just going to kill you out there. Now, he did get five strikeouts. That's, that's one nice thing about Feltner is he's, he's got the swing and miss in there and, and that can help, but this is what it is right now, right? I think you're going to see this throughout the year that in innings four, five, and six, that's when either the starters are going to fall apart and or then Buddy's going to have to hand it over to the middle inning relief guys or the back end, uh, or rather the front end, I suppose you would say, of the bullpen, right? The minus side guys who throughout most of this season have been pretty rough. They were better in this series, and I'll talk about that in a second, but it just... As we knew coming into the year, the bottom part of the rotation was going to be the bugaboo. And you can't win very many ball games when you've got back-to-back outings from young pitchers going 3.2 500 runs. That's just, that, that's just burying you before you've started, right? So you'd love to see some improvement from those guys throughout the season. Uh, when we talk about the Rockies and young players versus veterans. And are they giving young guys enough time and, and enough run, right? There was a lot of talk about this Nolan Jones thing. I don't have Nolan Jones on either the ups or the downs. I'm sure if somebody else was doing this podcast, the number one down would have been that the Rockies called up Nolan Jones for three games, didn't play him and then sent him back down. I ultimately don't really have a problem with it. I find it kind of silly. If anything, um, I said on our AMA with Kim and hopefully you, you all are following those, on Twitter, um, that you know, you do get paid a major league salary. Nolan, I promise you, Nolan Jones isn't complaining about getting called up, getting paid for three days, and then going back. Uh, you know, I've heard some people kind of over overtly suggesting that 
having three or four days off when you're hot is just going to screw him up as a prospect. But again, that's another thing you got to learn is if you're going to be a major league baseball player, you're going to have times in the 162 game season where you miss two or three or four games. Lauris Montero just had to because of an awkward slide at home, right? Miss a handful of games because you're you're not fully ready to go. Like you, and and then in his first at bat back, got a base hit, right? So you know Nolan Jones needs to be able to prove to the team that he can do all that stuff too. So I'm not worried about the you know whether this weekend <laughs> like ruined Nolan Jones as a prospect. I would like to have seen him as well. For those asking the question, why isn't he on the roster instead of Harold Castro? Well, it's because Harold Castro can play center field and shortstop, and Nolan Jones can't do either of those things. That, that's the reason. He was playing center field uh, in the game he got in there on, and Jones isn't going to do that. They don't have anybody else if Daz is not out there right now with Gritchick on the, the bench who can do that. So it really is about you know literally having a major league caliber guy at all nine positions you know as i said when they did it i didn't think there was anywhere for there to get him in i made this point when they acquired profar but i also don't think that it's ruining nolan jones by any means and to finish the point that i was making feels like half an hour ago now because this is all on a side was that with the young pitchers you know, I know Gomber isn't young anymore in terms of age. I think he's like 28, 29 now. But this is his third season of Major League Baseball. And only his second, um, well, it's his fourth season of Major League Baseball, excuse me. But it's only his it's his third season as a starter, right? And he's just begun it. So he had his rookie season essentially as a starter when he got traded to the Rockies. And he was pretty damn good that year. Then he had his sophomore season, which was really bad, which happens to a lot of guys. And now he's working on his third year, which has gotten off to a bad start. But I do think that he's somebody, he and Feltner are both guys that need to be included in that conversation. Well, you know, the Rockies are giving some of these young players their opportunity, their run, uh, their chance to go out there and prove that they either have it or, or don't. And so that they can be a part of the future plans or not, right? And so you've got to let Gomber work through this. Gomber especially, I think, because he's shown an ability to get success. And I just think there's more pedigree there. And and like I said, I really do think it's a matter of just getting his command a little bit more tightened up so that he's living on the edges of the strike zone. And when he does that, he can be very, very successful. I have less hope that Feltner and Urania will turn it around, um, but it's still worth, uh, particularly with Feltner, because he's so young and has so few innings pitched in Major League Baseball, worth seeing. Urania, at this point, I feel like I've, I've seen enough, but, <laughs> you know, that is what it is. So, yeah, and let's finish it up on the last down I've got for you from the series. And that is just a general frustration with the offense again. You know, they score zero runs in one game, two runs in another, three runs in another. And now there were some opportunities. There, there were some really good at-bats, particularly from Ryan McMahon and Elias Diaz in the Sunday game that just, you know, McMahon happened to hit it just not quite high enough and the shortstop J.P. Crawford was able to jump up and catch it. That would have put the Rockies ahead 2-1. It was a two-strike changeup. He went down. He hit a line drive the other way that looked like it was ticketed for the left center field gap and he just didn't quite get underneath it enough. 
Same thing, Diaz hits a pitch down and away from him. Breaking ball, he goes with it, does exactly what you're supposed to do with that pitch. Hits a hard line drive to right field, and Kalanick just comes in and makes a literal diving catch with two outs and a runner at third base uh, to keep the Mariners on board. So there were a couple of good at-bats like that. But for the most part, sound a little bit like a broken record here. They are just swinging way too much. Way too often at the first pitch. Luis Castillo twirled the gem, as they say, on Sunday. But there were, there was way too many undisciplined at-bats. There doesn't seem to be any attempt, really, at this stage in the season to manufacture runs. Now, the Rockies don't have a lot of speed. Uh, basically, outside of Jonathan Daza and Ezekiel Tovar, they, they really don't have any above-average runners. Um but still, with the new rules and the fact that you don't have to have blazing speed to steal a base necessarily, if you're you're paying attention and you're you're doing certain things right, or uh, certainly some guys who could, when you're not scoring any runs at all, you know, waiting around for the big three-run home run or something just seems a bit ridiculous. You know, making better contact, they're striking out too much, they're not moving guys over, moving them in, uh, anything like that, right? And so. Well, I think there are some specifics of, like I said, you can't just, well, C.J. Crone drew a leadoff walk, and so he, you know, send him. <laughs> Have him try to steal second. Like, that guy's not going anywhere. Uh, there there still seems to be just almost too much urgency in the offense in terms of when the hitters are at the plate and not nearly enough urgency in, in everywhere else, right, of, of, of the offensive game. But it's early yet. It, it is just kind of frustrating to see these empty at-bats, just so many empty at-bats uh, team-wide, and that's been frustrating. All right, let me give you some ups. Let, let, let's somehow, some way, find the silver linings here. And obviously, the big one, this is very, very legitimate. The biggest up of this series was, of course, Noah Davis going out there on Sunday, making his first Major League start. He had appeared out of relief last year. He'd been around the team for a while, didn't get a whole lot of run last year, but gets this opportunity now basically with a you know a strange part of the schedule with Marquez having to go down for a minute and boy did he make the most of it goes five inning pit five innings pitched three hits zero earned runs does issue three walks though I will say you know each one of them uh felt like a battle you know there there's a difference between walking a guy on four pitches and none of them are particularly close to the zone and you know a guy that you get ahead of one and two, or maybe you got a two-two count. He lays off a really close pitch, and he fouls one or two off, and then you know you you hit your spot on one that's just out of the zone, hoping he'll chase, and he lays off of it, and he draws the walk. You know there were there were a few of those where it was a battle, where the situation kind of dictated that he needed to be careful with a, a particular type of hitter, and so even inside the walks, I thought Noah Davis pitched a very smart. Very capable game. His sinker is a little bit better than I realized as a pitch. Now, maybe it was just on for the day. It doesn't have overwhelming velocity, but it has quite a bit of arm side run and downward movement. Uh, and I think that in particular uh, just had the Mariners hitters off balance while he was out there. I was particularly impressed with the way he closed out the fifth inning. Uh had a runner on third with nobody out after I can't remember if Kalanick walked or, or got a hit but he's on first base goes to steal second uh Servant I believe was catching and un unleashed a 
pretty good throw um, that I think would have had him. Like, it was on time to have him. It was just running to his arm side a little bit. McMahon coming across trying to make uh, a pretty athletic and impressive tag and almost did it. And I think they would have had him. But I also think that they were almost trying to be a little bit too perfect there. McMahon ends up missing the baseball. It skips away from him, and Kellenic gets to third. So now, without them having gotten an extra base hit or really done a whole lot, but but then back to my point about the the things the Rockies aren't doing right now. Kellenic's got really good speed, and you can force the issue in that instance. But this is what I talk about when manufacturing a run, except, of course, it didn't go down that way. Runner at third base, nobody out. Noah Davis comes up with a big strikeout, then gets a pop-up on the infield. And then the most important thing, because I, I can't tell you the number of times I've seen young pitcher, veteran pitcher, whatever it else it is, you you do the hard part, right? Which is because those first two batters can score that run without having to get a hit, right? Ground ball to the right side, fly ball deep enough, middle of the outfield, the run's going to score. Now that you've got those two outs, the the pressure's all on the hitter. But I just I can't tell you how many times I've seen the the pitcher do both the hard part, and then when it comes to getting that third out, you end up giving up a lazy base hit into right field, and the run scores anyway, right? And and Davis didn't. He barreled down. He got his outs. He made his pitches. Uh, I think he maybe even issued a a walk in there at one point and ended up getting. Um, Julio Rodriguez, and I will say the pitch he got Rodriguez on wasn't the best slider I've ever seen. It hung on him a little bit, but again, I think the effectiveness of the sinker throughout the day uh, really had him just off of that pitch and is why he ended up popping it up instead of maybe putting it into the left or center field seats on a, on a pitch like that. But ultimately, you, you've got to be impressed with that out of Noah Davis. If Marquez is good to go, and you're kind of realigning your rotation here, wondering about what to do next. I I think you would have a hard time convincing fans that Jose Urania should be making starts in this rotation over Noah Davis at this point. It's just one outing, and it's entirely possible that Davis comes out his next time out and is just as bad as Urania has been or Gomber and Feltner have been. Back to the earlier points, Gomber and Feltner and Urania have been consistently under five innings pitched over three runs pretty much every time out, right? I think you got one game from Urania and one game from Gomber where they managed to go five innings, three earned runs, and that's it. Davis does five innings, no earned runs against a pretty good team, and you've got you've just got to find more time for him. Uh, These are the kinds of things you've got to say, if it's possible, we're catching lightning in a bottle here. Not that Noah Davis is going to become a superstar. You never know. I mean, anybody can, anybody can, but at the very least, you know, a guy who could become a part of your future, who you weren't necessarily counting on, but maybe it turns out that he's got the right mix of just enough stuff just enough command and pitchability and the right mentality to succeed here. And they could be onto something pretty fun, pretty cool with Noah Davis. All right, last two ups are pretty small and pretty quick. The second one, Chris Bryant hit a home run. Hooray, Chris Bryant. Uh, he actually had a quote that, that I heard after he did so, which was really sad where he said, you know, I'd almost rather hit him on the road because they don't give you any credit for him when you do it at home. Which is just like, uh, 
I don't know, cuts right to the absolute truth of the anti-Rockies, anti-Rockies bias that so many people like to pretend doesn't exist. And then he just says something like that. And you're like, oh, yeah, totally true. Like Even for a player of his caliber, of his ability, of his resume, he's a former rookie of the year, a former MVP, a former World Series MVP, World Series champion. He's made a whole lot of money. And still, people hounded him about not hitting home runs at Coors Field and you know and and offensive numbers here and all that stuff and and he will be discounted and discredited despite everything he's done in the game already <laughs> and to hear him say that and I appreciate that he can say that because I feel like if a lifetime rocky did it it would be treated as it'd be dismissed again as oh well there they go complaining again about the Coors Field bias but that's just them doing that but again Bryant is you know, hasn't been here his his whole career. He just knows that it's real. And while I, I do think he's partly joking, like obviously he wants to hit home runs at Coors Field. He'd love to hit a ton of them. There's a bit of truth in that. There's a lot of truth in that. And a lot of folks in, in the media and a lot of fans should reflect on that. But sadly, I, I don't think that they will. Uh, <laughs> but it was nice to see him hit one his first of the year. I suspect there will be more. And my final up for you is that the bullpen almost across the board was quite a bit better here. Uh, the, you can always nitpick. The bullpen's never going to be perfect. Uh, you know, the Denelson Lamette and Brad Hand ended up giving up the run that, that cost them the game in uh, on Sunday where they, they maybe could have won that one. Okay. Uh, you know, they, oh, Charlie also almost threw that dude out at home plate, slightly friendlier bounce. They might still be out there playing. But <laughs> uh, ultimately, you got better stuff here uh, from especially like the minus side guys. Connor Siebold uh, was a lot better in his couple of innings pitched. Um, Pierce Johnson had a, a nice outing in a game that wasn't a save situation. Uh, so they, they were way down and, and he was able to come in and pitch it clean. Jake Bird, who obviously I've kind of picked on in the downs throughout the year. Well, I mean, it's been that way. Had easily his best outing of the year after Gomber imploded. Um, Bird went 2.1 innings and struck out five. Did not allow a hit or a run. Walked a batter. But that's... Uh, I guess that shows you the type of stuff and ability that the Rockies and Bud Black see in him and, and why they kept throwing him into these, you know, fiery situations because they're hoping Jake Bird can kind of become one of those dudes. But, uh, yeah, so obviously the plus side guys remain uh, Justin Lawrence on Sunday through like 14 unhittable pitches. <laughs> Just absolutely ridiculous nonsense. It was great. Uh, so yeah, the bullpen by and large continues to be pretty good. Even I even thought Denelson Lamette, despite the fact that the run was charged to him, it was the walks that, that are bothering me right now with Lamette, but he looks a little bit better as well. So the bullpen looked better. Noah Davis was fantastic. Chris Bryant hit a home run. Those are your ups for uh, the sweep. Unfortunately, Austin Gomber, dreadful. Ryan Feltner, dreadful. And the offense Overall, pretty damn bad. And when you get bad starting pitching and bad offense, you're going to lose. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to get swept. That's what's going to happen. So, Rockies return home for a three-game set against the Pittsburgh Pirates. See if they can get those bats going. Uh, they will at least get, uh, you know, a Kyle Freeland start in there. So, 
Always got a chance to go when either Freeland or Marquez is on the mound, though we know right now Marquez is is out for a second. So always got a chance when Freeland is on the mound. Other than that, pretty rough going right now for your Rockies. Still looking for some of the young guys to turn it on. Uh, Still looking for some of those positive signs from some of these players. But at least Noah Davis is a thing that you can hang your hat on this Monday morning and say, hey, maybe that's a thing. That would be cool. It was a great first MLB game, even if Davis doesn't turn into, quote, a thing for the Rockies, right? It was a pretty cool memory. Uh, do do you remember when? Hardcore Rockies fans will be able to say, yeah, I remember when Curly Redhead Noah Davis got his hat taken off and pitched a, a heck of a ball game out there in Seattle on a Sunday afternoon in April. So thank you all for listening into this episode of 20th and Blake. Make sure that you're checking out all the Mile High Sports podcasts and all the written content over at milehighsports.com. Other than that, I can only ever ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.